everybody to another episode of Into the Stratosphere. I'm your girl Cindy G here. We are in episode 18 and elite fruition. That is right, you guys. A lot has been going on lately besides the 200 episode of the Bullet Cats, which you're truly made the appearance, of course. But hey, a lot has been going on. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to have to bring someone with me to talk about what's going on for today's episode. So y'all remember him from like past appearance of this show. He is from NoDQ.com and also the co-host of the podcast, The Sauce. Say hello to the simple man himself and who is a lifelong fan of wrestling, Noah Foster. Hey, Noah, how's it going? It's going very well. Hope you and your family had a joyous Thanksgiving holiday. Shout out to the uh, Bullet Cast, by the way. Congrats on uh, 200 episodes. And I look forward to once again having a great conversation with you on all things wrestling because good Lord almighty to say a lot happened this week would be an understatement. Indeed. I mean, there has been so much going on, especially with like the 200 episode with shout out to Philip and Brandon. Congratulations on like putting up this incredible content especially for this podcast and having me on board to be part of the bullet cast team so i'm always forever grateful for that especially with this show as well which i can talk about anything wrestling that is non-wwe even though i want to make a disclaimer you guys i don't hate wwe you guys i just don't disagree don't agree with like everything that's going on so I disagree with like everything that's been going on as of late from WWE, but I don't hate them. I just want to let y'all know because there is a difference between dislike and hate. So I just wanted to clear the air, y'all, you know? So yeah, with that being said, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hope your Thanksgiving went well, Noah. It did. Praise the Lord. I was able to, like, my mom and I were able to celebrate Thanksgiving. She had to come home the day before because that was a rough uh, two weeks. And that's why I took a hiatus from pretty much all things wrestling, social media, etc. And then to make things even better, that Thursday, we thought we are going to have Thanksgiving dinner. My family briefly came over safely in mass and then left immediately, but provided us uh, platters of a Thanksgiving feast. It was absolutely glorious. That's very good to hear, and I'm glad your mom is doing well, Noah. Like I said, we all of us did send our prayers and energy to you, and of course, she is doing well. Yeah, and I I'm can't thank you on her. She's doing, she's doing much better. She wished she could walk, but again, it's one day at a time. She's just glad to be back home. That's good to hear. All righty, so enough of this mumbo-jumbo, y'all. So we're going to be talking about today's episode, so we're definitely going to be doing the usual wrestling headline, including... The another wrestling death news, of course. Also, the newest recruitment to the WWE Performance Center. Also, Triple H's interesting comment regarding working with other promotion. Also, recap and results from this week's New Japan Strong, the Road to Detonation Tour, as well as the this week's past episode, Impact Wrestling. And since that... Um, Philip and Brandon did not cover this week's episode of Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite because we were all celebrating the 200th episode with Philip's blessing. We will be covering AEW's Dynamite's uh, Winter is Coming, you guys, because there is a lot 
to talk about, especially with yours truly, who normally covers Impact Wrestling, and there is going to be a lot to say about it. And like I said, I do watch AEW. You saw me on past um, pay-per-view recap videos with Philip and Brandon. So, yeah, y'all. So let's go ahead and kick things off with the wrestling headline news and sadness, of course. So the sadness of it is, as you guys know, a couple days ago, um, WWE Hall of Famer Pat Patterson has passed away at the age of 79. There has been more details regarding his death. So according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer News that um, Pat Patterson has been battling bladder cancer in recent years. And in addition to that, Patterson had been living with dementia, which has gotten worse earlier this year, and Patterson needed assistant um, living care. However, um, Sylvia and Greener, who is the close friend with Patterson in recent years, visited Patterson last month in Florida and was concerned because, of course, Pat Patterson had lost 60 pounds at the hospital. It was discovered that Patterson had a tumor in his lung and a biopsy that has been scheduled for supposed to be supposed to be today december 4th that's that was to determine if it was cancerous or not so he was supposed to be having an appointment today but unfortunately of course unfortunately pat patterson has to be rushed to the hospital on november 27 due to a block clot in his liver and for what Meltzer said that pat patterson did pass away earlier in the morning of december 2nd due to a liver failure so there has that's been the recent um development regarding pat patterson's death i know it has been affected everybody in the wrestling industry he was the first ever wwe intercontinental champion he was the mastermind of the royal rumble and he was more involved in the bay area independent wrestling scene back in the early days as well and I know that his last independent appearance was at All Pro Wrestling back in 2017. And that was before I went to APW. And it was at the Cow Palace, you know, when he made the appearance. And hearing, like, everybody's stories about Pat Patterson. And it was, like, it's such a really, a really sad moment, sadly. So, Noah, what are your thoughts of Pat Patterson? Do you have any fond moments of him? And everything he did it his way god bless that man he had a hell of a voice he had a hell of a character and he gave so much to the business had a positive impact on so many people again like you said innovator for our rumble first ever kind of champion the incredible moments he's had with i know somebody who was truly affected by this besides Vince McMahon, gerald briscoe you got to think about all the fun times we have with the stooges moments especially during the uh, attitude era the influence he's had on so many up-and-coming young w superstars who have garnered this Intercontinental Championship as something very special. I thought it was a beautiful tribute they did tonight, and keep it short and simple, my prayers and condolences to the entire past and family. I hope after uh, tonight, they also do some sort of special tribute to him at the Royal Rumble. If nothing else, highlight him for maybe um, Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet or not, but um, his legacy will live on forever. I believe he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, but I think he is. Yeah. Let me take a well. Well, they say WWE Hall of Famer, so he's pretty much is. But correct me if I'm wrong. So, well, pretty sure he is and stuff. But <laughs> regardless of that, he was the whole game changer of the wrestling industry, especially with the Royal Rumble. Without his, um, 
Royal Rumble creativity, you couldn't have the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and like the concept of it that kind of nears the forefront of wrestling too. So I know that WWE did a beautiful tribute. AEW actually mentioned about Pat Patterson's death um, during the commentary of their of the opening match, which we'll get into that when we go to the AEW Dynamite recap, lastly. And I know that Philip actually did a tribute, a short tribute to Pat Patterson on the on the second to well, the third to last episode where he did um, talk about Pat Patterson's legacy, which I highly you guys check it out. It was a beautiful, almost 10 minute um, listening to it. Mm-hmm. Man, um, was proud. He had a lot, a lot of heart. He also is the first openly gay wrestler as well. And why people might always belittle that stigma with him. The fact that this man was just comfortable with who he was, I feel is a real encouragement to those that may be afraid to be themselves because this world is so critical and judgmental. At the end of the day, you're responsible with the old way you live. And again, he had such a positive influence on everybody he ever was around. Indeed. Yeah, he is going to be always going to be the forefront and always going to be the legend for like everybody in the, within the industry, no matter what sex, gender, race, color, or anything anything he definitely brought in the example so our heart goes out to friends family loved ones colleagues and fans of pat patterson may he rest in peace there with mean gene oakland now what a roster oh yeah and he's gonna be <laughs> joining enjoying all the great matches in heaven especially the royal rumble concept match anyway y'all with that being said let's go ahead and move on to the next wrestling headline Right here, that is right. The recent re- performance center recruitment, you guys. So, as you guys know, news break that we have a familiar face that has officially confirmed that they're now signed with WWE. That is right. You have is two members of the Rascal, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, who is now in the performance center, as well as, of course. Alex Zane, which you see him on New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong and past New Japan Pro Wrestling USA shows and other independent wrestling show. Not only him, surprisingly enough, Russ Taylor. That is right. You've seen him on Ring of Honor, PWG, also in New Japan Strong, who is part of the recent member of the New Japan Team Filthy which I was completely surprised. I did not know he got signed to WWE. Like, holy crap. And also another um, wrestler that got signed is, that's right, um, Eichmann, who wrestled for All Japan Pro Wrestling and who was trained under Tajiri, got signed. And then we have is a, we have is a former WNBA basketball player. That's right. Anriel Howard. So, these are the latest recruitment to the WWE Performance Center. And holy crap, this is kind of like a more of an exciting news for the fact that like we all speculate, we all know that Dez, Alex, and Zach got signed, you know, even though it was like lingering, but I think that it's already been confirmed. I know a lot of people are asking, where's Trey Miguel? Is he signed a WWE? What's happening to him? 
Well, we don't know what's going on with Trey Miguel, but, you know, you never know where he's going to be ending up. But, yeah, you guys, I'm very excited for what's going to be happening next and also the fact about what's going to be happening with New Japan Strong as well because I know they did the advanced taping, but it doesn't even indicate, like, when is um, Alex Zane's final match, which we're going to be getting to that when we're going to be doing the recap. And also Russ Taylor, since the whole team filthy New Japan version – um, it's already been four. So, Noah, what are your thoughts of the latest class? A very unique class of athletes and professional wrestlers. Galore, the uh, rascals are sure to bring strong impact, no pun intended, to I feel like the tag team division that definitely could use that sort of energy and rekindle ship. I know they're using XTU towards that, but now they got two very fresh talents and well-known tag team combatants. Then you got the guy with the sauce, Alex Zane, who's going to bring his hybrid style. I can see him contending for the North American Championship right out of the gates. We have another former female athlete. I'm sure that she and Simone Johnson, the Rock's daughter, I'm sure they're going to have some good feuding to come to. We're looking at the future of NXT right here. A very unique class of individuals. Russ Taylor caught me by surprise because, again, he recently is now part of the NJPW strong version of uh, Team Filthy. So I'm curious what him and Alex Zane's last matches are going to be. And with NJPW Strong, of course, finishing up their tapings in advance, a lot of impact wrestling. You really don't know where everybody's going to place at this point, but hey, now we know these people. Whether Trey becomes freelancer, whether Ethan Page becomes freelancer, talk more about that later. Only time will tell. But I wish all these great athletes and wrestlers the best in WWE. May all their dreams now be fulfilled, and may their anxiety not reach a boiling point when it comes to dealing with Vince McMahon. Indeed. I mean, I know that a lot of people are having like mixed criticism, like whether or not their favorite independent wrestling star signed with WWE or asking questions like why they are signed with WWE. They should have been signed to like AEW or another promotion to make it happen. All I can say, you guys, especially for me that like, even though I stopped watching WWE and I made it clear that I don't hate the company, I dislike and stuff. But when it comes to the wrestlers itself, they have their dreams. They have their goals to chase. If they choose to go to WWE, that's their choice and their preference. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's not going to tell them what to do, like in different wrestling fans alike, for the fact that, like, no matter what WWE is doing, they're screwed up, you know. It's not going to prevent any of the talent to, like, you know, to quit and just go to a different promotions or, like, have them change their mind. That's what these independent wrestling star has, like, different goals and different mindset, too. So I'm happy for the Rascals and Alex and Russ Taylor to get their bigger opportunity for them to debut. And no matter what they're going to do along along the line, I mean, that's their preference and that's their true happiness and their dream coming. At the end of the day, we cannot dictate these people's lives, nor their professions, nor their career paths. At the end of the day, all you can do is support them because that at the end of the day, why I made some redundant, it's as simple as this. This is their job to provide for themselves and their families. At the, and no matter what, WWE is the go-to for the highest potential to set yourself for life, no matter how long it may take. Exactly. So we're just going to see how it's going to, everything going to play out for these talents. So and congratulations to everyone that recently got signed to WWE. Hope everything will become true. All right, you guys, and the last piece of the wrestling headline news. So, Triple H, during the, during the, um, the media call to promote the NXT TakeOver War Games 
um, pay-per-view. So someone asked that Triple H asked about the AEW working with Impact Wrestling and if WWE could be open to working with other promotion. One second, gotta take a sip. Oh boy. It's okay because I got wind actually caught something in my tunnel. Like, don't you hate like when something is like trapped, like air or something like that? Yeah. You gotta take a drink. I just don't want to cough. Don't worry, y'all. It's not COVID. So. <laughs> no, she, she's fine. She's fine. I guarantee you, I'm fine too. And yeah, you don't want to like, you know, cough on the air. Or, I know. Well, are, because like. I know. Uh, like, I, I get it. Like when I am, whatever I'm listening to in the click, and when Baby Huey kind of coughed, Jimbo, which at the time he used to be part of the Inda clip before venturing to a different opportunity, which shout out to Jimbo, and he did appear on the 200 episode as well as Baby Huey, too. Hey, anyway, yeah, and so Jimbo's like, Hope you don't get COVID, and he was like, No, not COVID. So, like, whenever we're trying to not to cough, you know, we're trying to. We're just trying to make it professional. Well, this is what the show is about, having fun and being authentic or whatever. Anyway, so get back to the wrestling headline news. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So AAA said, and I quote, we're open for business in a lot of ways and a lot of things. People thought in misperception. Their perceived knowledge of what we do and how we think is often greatly misinterpreted and not accurate. Are we open to the right business opportunity? Yeah, at any given time, we're open to things. It just depends on what they are and if they're beneficial to us in a long term. When I say term, I don't mean three months. I mean 10 years. Long term, that's how we think. We're not necessarily worried about minute by minute, open for business. I think Vince said that a lot, and I've been around around, around him long enough in the right thing, meaning meaningful to business he's open to anything and that's the courtesy from russellzone.com so yeah when i found out about this for that i was having like a mixed feeling for it until i came to a conclusion and i know that like i posted an instagram story when the bullet cast actually posted it on the headline on the instagram page i simply put hard no to quote wayne of letter kenny <laughs> and when I put that, I got DMs asking why and are you kidding me and stuff. And like, here's the thing, you guys. When it comes to WWE wanting to work with promotion, without the promotion, honestly, I don't think it's not going to happen, especially the fact that WWE is well off. You know, it is what it is. I mean, they have their own like roster brand, like Raw and SmackDown, they have NXT and NXT UK overseas, like what more do they need too? And it's like, they've already invested with the company. It's already been well established throughout the years. And I know someone asked me like, well, AEW is doing their, their situation going up with other partnership, like AAA wrestling and OVW, but why not WWE? It's a different, it's a different separate situation with AEW they're a they're a year old company so of course they're going to be getting some aid with other promotions and like i said we're going to get into that we're talking about dynamite shortly well not shortly but like later on throughout the episode (laughs) but you know with wwe they're actually much okay but yeah whenever they're whatever they're planning on working on like different companies honestly they should work with like another major companies that is like much longer like shoot 
New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'll be shocked, you know, but even though as someone that is like, doesn't give a damn about WWE, like I stated, I don't hate the company. I don't agree with the practices and also the latest situation. But at the end of the day, it depends on what Mystic Men is um, wanting to and making the call. Noah, what are your thoughts of this? Um, would you like to see WWE working with like other promotions like as partnership? Okay, first off, let me also agree with you there because as a lifelong fan of sports entertainment since 1992, I don't agree with everything WWE's doing nowadays, but I still keep up with the black and gold because I always will forever be NXT. Shout out to NXT UK with the lean General Walter. And speed of which, going off that point, they already have work with other companies. As we've seen in business keynotes, or I have, Triple H wants to idealize the NXT brand, especially through global localization. If that partnership with Bushiroad didn't happen, we probably would have NXT Japan, which I know he's still working on as we speak. He wants to take the NXT brand all over the world. So clearly, as far as him working with four companies, I think he's more falling back on that idea. Whether or not Vince agrees with him, that don't matter. Triple H owns the NXT brand. That is his project. He's already used it to build NXT UK after getting Evolve, ICW, WXW, and various other promotions throughout the uh, UK scene. So with that being said, I'm not against it because at the end of the day, if you want the promotion, if you want the industry to thrive, as John Moxley says, more business, hey, more opportunity. That's what it means at the end of the day. So I'm not against them trying to do this in their own way as long as everybody comes out better on the other side. I'm not going to be one of those that just writes them off due to basic business promises we've seen already because I don't think the past should reflect your future. I'm not against it. And I wish them the best in that pursuit. Exactly. I mean, you never know how the future is going to expect with the companies, if they want to work with like partnership with different companies alike. I mean, it just depends on like if they're in a dire situation in a business aspect of it too. Exactly. Whether or not they needed to have more, like more ratings to draw the audience. It's business at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or not. I don't work for the company. I don't have stock in the company. Who am I to judge, belittle, or argue business practices when at the end of the day, all I want is better wrestling and more opportunities to watch better wrestling. I second agree with that as well. Better, yeah, better wrestling, better business opportunity, especially like treatment with the talents. That's all I wanted. So exactly, exactly. Alrighty, you guys. So with that being said, because we don't want to ramble so long about this, because I know I have so many opinions about it, but I'm gonna leave it at that. Everybody, write a piece on that. Shout out to wrestling rides, all wrestling riders, all the great creative, expressive minds, just like you and everyone I've come to know. Because hey. everyone's opinion should matter at the end of the day. Amen. <clears throat> That's it's opinion. It's not fact. It's just opinion. Exactly. Of course. And we could express it with everyone, even with the joy. Yeah. I know what you did there. Moving on. <laughs> now let's move on here. So anyway, y'all. So let's go ahead and segue away from the wrestling headlines. And let's go ahead and go with the results and recaps. Starting off with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Road to the Detonation Tour took place on Friday, December 4th, 2020. So your opening of the match you have is the DKC with Clark Connors versus Sterling Regal with Logan Regal. So this is Sterling Regal's first singles action since his debut on New Japan Strong a couple weeks ago. And 
overall, this is kind of like a continuing feud between the Regal twins and also DKC and Clark Connors alike. I was paying attention to a lot of the match. It's because of Clark and Logan was all ringside, like cheering like their perspective partners like on and coaching them that got me more drawn to it like no matter what the whole empty arena situation as i stated in the 200 episode of the bully cast like they always come up with like a creative idea to like to fill the void from like the empty um from the empty arena or the empty studio um facility too so they did an absolute amazing job so this match it has a lot of like the technical counter well like a couple of grappling holes mainly from dkc because he is a technician in his style and then he has sterling with the impressive top toby suicida but then he did while he was going on the top roll to do his moonsault DK, D, dkc actually kind of like count dodge it and that's where sterling did land out on his feet but pretty brutal like you thought that like he kind of injured his ankle but he came out okay. And then at the end, of course, like, halfway to towards the end of the match, which, like, more impressive, more counters, more defensive. Sterling did the elbow drop until DKC countered with the clutch lock, lock. But then, like, later on throughout, Sterling did actually rolled, um, rolled over from DKC's impressive submission hole. And thus, Sterling Regal did pick up the victory. And after the match, you saw that there was a, almost going to be a brawl between DKC and Clark Connors against the Regal twins. So it was far an impressive match. Your thoughts, Noah? A very competitive balance opener where in the end, it came down to an inside cradle that gave the Sterling Bros the win. Now they're one-on-one -on -one in tag matches and one-on-one -on -one in singles matches. Something has to give. They might need to do a two-out-of-three falls tag team match at this point. But I thought it was a good opener. And again, the DKC Technicker showing his hybrid style. And Regal, he made it work. And you got to imagine the outside influence was definitely played in part towards him being able to count the finish, whether it was motivation or just keynotes or points. And again, the hardest challenge I feel for any wrestler, definitely during this era of wrestling now with a pandemic, is the fact that you don't have that push, that rush, that drive of the fans to help you through this. So I think the outside uh, partners um, helped them out greatly uh, with this match. Good opener. Indeed. And I'm looking forward to see what's going to be happening next, especially this is going to be like an ongoing feud for like a short time. But who knows, especially with the tour that is coming up on the next episode of New Japan Strong. All right, so next up you have is Blake Christian versus Alex Zane. So they have not mentioned if this is going to be Alex Zane's final New Japan Pro Wrestling appearance since now he's officially signed with WWE. But I know Kevin Kelly say this match is actually going to be a something special because he's having a match with his best friend. So pretty much kind of gives a hint that this is the last time we're going to be seeing Alex Zane in New Japan Strong. I know they did advanced taping, but who knows? So anyway, guys, so this match, it actually really blown away. You see a lot of more cruiserweight action in the mix, a lot of counters, a lot of defenses. Like, holy crap, I love it. Blake Christian with the impressive hurricane run out of the ring. And then Alexane did actually an amazing springboard, springboard, which actually catches Christian mid-flight. So this is much a heavy-hitting match. And at the end, of course, after Alexane did try to do the crunch wrap supreme, but counter with the two counts. And then, of course, he did his impressive finisher. 
and thus he picked up the victory. So this is a well-deserved win for Alex Zane himself. Your thoughts, Noah? A great match against two people that are respectable friends that have unlimited potential when it comes to their in-ring uh, background. We've seen how far Blake Christian will push himself, but we've also seen how wild Alex Zane will drive himself as he got the win with the Taco Driver. Seriously, if this guy's in WWE, if he doesn't get endorsement from Taco Bell, I will be bloody shocked. Uh, really good match. I was rooting for Blake Christian, though, because he's always been one of my favorites. He's always impressed me uh, the most here, but I can't argue with the result. It was fair, square, clean, about the same pace as the other match, too. I'd love to see these two go at it again. And honestly, it might have been a setup. Because again, it was a match between two friends. At the end of the day, though, Zayn looked the strongest. Indeed. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, this is going to be probably it. We'll see in Alex Zane, unless they're going to make like kind of like a brief Twitter statement from New Japan, maybe Kevin Kelly, or even Alex Glossom, or maybe Alex Zane himself. Depends on, like, the, you know, what he said, like, when it comes to the last independent wrestling bookings and stuff, you'll make a statement that this is the last time he'll be in New Japan or something. But we'll see. But if this is going to be his last match, I mean, this is a great way to send him off, you know? Great. Yeah, so, overall, in advance, Thank you so much, Alex Zane. You've been one hell of a wrestler, and good, best of luck in WWE. All right, y'all, and then now we're going to go on to the main event match, which is the 10-man eliminations match tag team style. So you have is Bullet Club, which is JY, Kenta, G.O.D., and Hikaleo versus ACH, Brody King, Carl Fedrick, and Finn Juice. So this is a pretty much a all-over-around match to say even yeah. though the first person that got eliminated early was Hikoleo by the team babyface and I was like what the hell I was expecting him to go all out against Brody King that was what I was <laughs> waiting for no battle of the tall guys battle the heavyweight. Like, like dang and you know how much bullet close was pissed when he got eliminated and so they had to come up with a different plan so Overall, it was a pretty good match, even though Jay White did eliminate Carl Fedrick, but he wasn't a legal man. But, of course, he got some help with Kenta. And so there's a lot of back and forth. I really um, enjoy ACH, Brody King, and Dave Finley did the Juice chant. That actually brings in more of a void to, like, chanting for us while us, we're stuck at home being safe and stuff. So that brought a smile to my face for it as well and so at the end it comes down to the final two brody king and kenta like holy crap i was like i don't know how kenta's gonna handle with this guy who is a hoss of a fighter as well but, oh yeah and at the end brody king did the gonzo bomb and pick up the victory man that was a really brutal match your thoughts on this this is the second time now, I believe, that Bullet Club has lost a 10-man or some sort of elimination uh, match. So I was kind of figuring they were going to pull it off here. Hikaleo being eliminated first really surprised me. I was hoping it would come down to uh, those two. Brody King was definitely the star performer here as Juice led with commentary and encouragement. It really picked up after the first couple eliminations, where the second elimination took forever to freaking happen, it seemed. I felt like the ref was losing all control, so at the point, oh, okay, he sees a guy fall over the top rope, and eh, you're eliminated, despite, okay, it may have been inadvertently from somebody that wasn't legal. Really fun back-and-forth affair, and Brody King, he got done in the end. Whether that was for the team or just for himself, 
that's up to, I feel like, the fans to decide. But now he has legitimately a reason to challenge Kenta for that briefcase. A great, wild closer. Indeed. And it was kind of like a shock to see, at least for Brody King being the one that actually beat Kenta. Like, wow. I was, like, blown away. And so afterwards, in the post-match interview, Brody King did say that it it is a statement, and he actually challenged Kenta for the briefcase and say in a closing ending, prepare for violence. So this is going to be a pretty – so we have another person that's going to be challenging Kenta. It's, like, prior to, you know, Kenta challenging Kenta versus Tanahashi of course. And now it's like, he's going to be having more challenger because now Kenta is back in the U S and I'm pretty sure they're actually going to be, I don't know if the super Jacob is going to be taped or not. Like it's, it's going live. Is it tape? I don't know, but whatever the, what's going on, you know, I'm very looking forward to it, especially with Kenta. He has a challenger in mind, which you're going to get into that later on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if he's going to have that opponent or not, but we'll see. All in all, this episode of New Japan Strong, I really enjoy all the matches. The chants were actually the one that got me blown away. And honestly, like the main event match can be a little bit like all over the place, but it was pretty much enjoyable. So I'm giving it a one and a half thumbs up. What about you, Noah? Pretty balanced action. You had some uh, great uh, single openers. You have one of my mutual friends. You have one that, of course, keeps highlighting a uh, tag rivalry that still has a settlement to figure out. And then, of course, you have Bullet Club trying to own the world, but they continue to have an opposition, but you're also finding more potential challenges for this briefcase. And it really makes you wonder, can Kenta hold on to this? Will he be the one to challenge for the title? Pretty good show. I enjoyed Strong. Fair pace. Under 50 minutes. One and a half with you. And by the way, the Super J Cup 2020, it will be live. Okay, awesome. Looking forward to this. So like I said, you guys, um, quick announcement. So next week's episode, Into the Stratosphere, we're going to be doing the usual um, recap of Impact Wrestling as well as the Bracketology recap for Super J Cup and also predictions for for the fine for the World Tag League and Best of Super Junior 27 finals, as well as Impact Wrestling's final resolution as well. So that's like a sneak preview. And then another episode we drop will be slowly a recap for New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League and Best of Super Junior finale, as well as the recap for the Super Jacob. So yes, you guys, it is gonna be two episodes of Into the Stratosphere next week. You know, oh, for the prizes. So Super Jacob's only in one day. Bull. That's right, you guys. So just as a sneak preview. And also, again, if you want to check out, you know, my results and recaps of each of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tournament show, make sure to go to my Instagram page, simply underscore C underscore okay. So you guys can watch like past videos of my thoughts and recaps as well. I believe I did drop like a episode with just the um just the best of super junior i mean not the best of, yeah the best of super junior um 27 combo with the world tag league from saturday morning as well as friday morning's world tag league as well so check that out you guys anyway you guys so with that being said that is it for the results and recap for new japan for wrestling strong and also one last thing i forgot to mention new japan for wrestling strong we may Gonna do a short recap along with the New Japan recap, or 
on the week after next episode on next episode into the stratosphere but we'll see you guys i'll keep you guys posted all right so anyway let's go ahead and move on to impact wrestling took place on december 1st 2020 so before the show started they show a graphic of the late um bob writer who passed away last week at the age of 59 i believe so i was pretty young <laughs> yeah it was yeah i gotta check the. it's been a while it's been a long day you guys but it's been a yeah. long week okay yeah. it's been a long week indeed yeah like, yeah like he is the co-founder of impact wrestling who wore many hats as i did like a brief trivia about him so it was nice for Impact Wrestling did actually posted a graphic in his honor. But anyway, let's go ahead and kick off with the opening of the match for Impact Wrestling. You have is Motor City Machine Gun versus Triple XL. And of course, you have Madison Rain back on commentary. Where is Matt Stryker when you need them? <laughs> anyway, y'all, so that matches up. It was a pretty interesting opening of the matches. So Motor City Machine Gun did put one hell of a fight against two of those big hosses. And no, like with Motor City Machine Gun, they have like kind of like a clever idea, like looking based on like their high flying striking move set for it. And especially the fact that Motor City Machine Gun did the double suplex to AC Romero. And of course, at the end, they did the flying splash netbreaker combo, just thus to pick up the victory. So this is a pretty much a solid opening of the match, don't you agree, Noah? Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It was a good welcome back to the Mercy Machine Guns, back at full throttle as they got the victory over the biggest tag team, legitimately, in Impact Wrestling. Acer and Merrill and Larry D. I thought they looked very strong here. And again, they really come along as a tag team. I like the fact they're trying to step up their game in the tag team division. It uh, looks like I feel like for now, though, they're going to have to figure things out. I don't see the Moisture Machine Guns taking these guys on again. I don't see them feuding anymore following that. Moisture Machine Guns, they know what they want. They want to go after the goal. I still see a battle of the guns coming. But a good competitive opener. I couldn't agree more because I feel with that match, this is like the ending of like a short um, storyline feud between the guns and Triple XL. Because I know they're like moving on to like different better opportunities regarding Triple XL, which I'll get into that in the morning as well because it got involved with that still, the stupid segment, which I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but yeah, so this is like a well put off match, and I'm glad I'm assuming Machine Gun did deserve the W. Anyway, also after that, you have as a backstage segment in a parking lot where Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan was about to enter the building until Scott Demore and the rest of the security. So unfortunately, Ken Shamrock got suspended for 30 days for striking a Impact Wrestling official, which pretty much he actually beat the holy hell out of D'Lo Brown on the last week's episode of Impact Wrestling. So yeah, everybody was pissed. So Sammy Callahan did enter the ring, enter the building. He said, "You're lucky. I'm in a, I'm in a mood, guy." So yeah. So. Pretty much we're not going to be seeing Ken Shamrock for like a month. Your thoughts? He's going to be back at Hard to Kill, and I'm sure they're going to somehow set up a match. Whether or not we ever see D'Lo Brown back in the ring, that'd be wild. But again, it doesn't matter what company you go to. You strike an official, there are repercussions. You bludgeon a talent, though, talent on talent violence, yeah, you just go in the building. But Santa Khan's like, eh, whatever. You need a vacation, go to the Bahamas. Ken Shamrock, enjoy your suspension, learn from it, or not, your choice. 
it was predictable, but hey, it is what it is. And Sammy Callahan, he's like, I'm on cloud nine. I'm fine. Exactly. Well, Ken Shamrock can be comfort in his own own home during quarantine since, of course, they already started to restrict non-essential travels. Yeah. Yeah, because the numbers increase. So at least he'll be safe in the comfort of his home. That's all that matters. Exactly. All right. And then you have like a next segment, which, of course, I thought this is going to be a never-ending story of this. So Triple XL got um, got countered by Johnny Bravo, who he told, which Bravo did told, confronted Larry D that he's the one that killed him. But then Tommy Dreamer confronted um, Johnny Bravo that he apologized and stuff. And of course, Tommy Dreamer was dressing up kind of like a casual cop, like, what the hell? Overall, <laughs> say this whole continuation of the who shot Bravo situation that Tommy Dreamer is trying to. I'm um, have Larry D arresting, even though it was just his alter ego, Lawrence D. Like seriously, so yeah, not much to say. But your thoughts on this crap? <laughs> Case closed. He punched yeah. the cop. Can't do nothing else. And we literally got Johnny Bravo screaming, "Why or no?" The same way Tommy Dreamer did during the shooting. As far as I'm concerned, this thing's over or should be. Exactly. Anyway, so let's move on. We have a match. The continuation of the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. So you have is the team of Renee Michelle and Killer Kelly versus Jordan Grace and, of course, Jazz. Your thoughts on this, Noah? That's the ninth. What else can I say? Killer Kelly, Jordan Grace, mixing it up. The two one-on-one-on-one, on one on one, I say, for F6. Sign Killer Kelly. Give me that one-on-one. On one. I want to see those two go out in an Ironman match. You know how much respect I have for Killer Kelly, the first ever I might add, WXW Women's Champion. I forgot Renee Michelle was involved in the Man Young Classic. I thought she had a pretty good show in here. Jazz, though, hasn't looked like she lost a step. Did she really retire? She's been training this whole time. A very impressive performance by both teams. And at the end of the day, Jazz and Grace advances. But I certainly hope this isn't the last we see of Killer Kelly in Impact Wrestling. Kudos to all four of them. I definitely agree, too. I was surprised that Madison Rain did actually mention about Renee Michelle's um, competing for the May Young Classic, because as y'all know, Madison Rain was actually did compete for the May Young Classic in the under her real name. So it's like, I'm glad they actually give like more of a mention of like, of like where these ladies come from, especially what tournament they, um, they actually competed in the past. All in all, the match was good. I don't consider it as the match of the night, but it was a really impressive showcase match. The only thing I kind of noticed is that Renee Michelle, I don't know what happened to her. Because, like, she did botch the missile, the missile drop kick from mm-hmm. Jordan Grace. I was supposed to be connected, but then you saw that Jordan Grace actually purposely fell off the apron, you know? So... And there has kind of, like, been of a minor botch to it. But I know she's trying her best to, like, get back in action. And I don't know when this is the last time she actually wrestles in because we're, in like, in a pandemic and stuff like that. Correct, because it was tape. But, yeah. And so... I think the Kelly and Jazz carried that match more than the other two. Agree. Like, holy cow. That was an impressive one. Like, you saw Jazz did the clothesline and then a couple jabs to Killer Kelly. And, of course, Killer Kelly with that brutal headbutt. And then yes. the money... Um, dropkick to Jordan Grace, of course, and of course, at the end, Jazz did the Jazz Singer 
to pin Renee Michelle for the victory. So it was a pretty awesome match, even though we have like a slight hiccup, you know, from some of the contender, like with some of the botches. But at the end of the day, it was really amazing. And Jess, she still got it. Knockout's still shiny in Impact Wrestling. They lead the company. Indeed. Anyway, you guys, moving on, you have the backstage segment of the North where Ethan Page did cut a promo, saying he cannot get over the loss, and he's planning to fix it so he can, him and Josh can get the Impact World Tag Team titles, even though Josh is still not too thrilled, and he's still very adamant to Ethan Page. All in all, I know Page did actually challenge Carl uh, Anderson to a match at Final Resolution face-to-face. Noah, what are your thoughts about this? Because I feel this is kind of like a start of like a potential like breakup between Ethan and Josh. I feel like you hit the nail on the head. Again, they are the longest reigning Impact Wrestling tag team champions of all time. They've done it all and they've hit the highest act that you could in this company. We've seen the subtle shades of Alexander Wolf getting real sick and tired of Ethan Page's ego. Let's just call it what it is. And I feel like literally if he loses, and I'm not predicting it yet, if he loses the final solution, that's going to be the final straw. I think the North are about to separate. Exactly. So this is how it's going to be played out to it. And especially like how it's going to go along the way, which we'll get into that in just a moment. We're going to get into Carl Anderson's segment. Anyway, y'all, so you have his backstage segment between Tennille Dashwood, Kayla with a K, and Alicia Edwards where Tennille is helping Alicia, like, you know, like, to get ready for, like, another photo shoot by Kayla with a K until Alicia, while she was, like, looking for someone, she actually started to run away. And thus, she actually, in a cute way, attacking Sammy Callahan. She's like, Sammy, what are you doing? Like, she was trying to, like, freaking, trying to put a sleeper hold to Sammy Callahan while he was, like, dropping his drink or something until the security guard came by and trying to break her up. And like Sam did actually call her crazy. So <laughs> yeah, this is all because of what he did to Eddie Edwards. Like mm-hmm. on the last episode of impact wrestling from a week ago, I can understand that she is pissed at the same time. You know, I'm glad like they're actually giving Alicia Edwards more opportunity, not only like, you know, being part of like team is all about us, like with Tennille and Kayla with the K, but also like, what Sam McCallan's going on. And I know Tennille and Kayla with the K did check in on her and they're like, well, we're going to see you later. However, and I have a theory, Noah, I have a feeling Alicia Edwards is going to convince Kayla with the K to have a match, a final resolution against Sam McCallan for what he did to Eddie Edwards. Your thoughts on this? And, you know, I don't know. It just seems to me that this is kind of like a potential setup because we saw Kayla with the K was actually at the Call Your Shot gauntlet match, and he did an impressive showcasing um, match, like facing up with Havoc. So, your thoughts? I mean, heck, Caleb with a K, he is a renowned wrestler. If Alicia Edwards and Antonio Dashwood are a team, then it seems like they could use Caleb with a K for the same means. I could totally see that happening, but again, Alicia Edwards, yeah, she might be crazy enough to actually try and attack Sammy herself. But again, Sammy calling somebody crazy. That's crazy in itself. 
this whole dynamic of Alicia Edwards and Tennille, I find it amusing. And now I wonder with Sammy right now on Alicia's mind, how that really affects Alicia going forward. And mm -hmm. is Tennille and Caleb gonna be like, okay, maybe you need to go see somebody. Maybe you need to calm down. And maybe you need a coffee. You want to drink or something? Well, so, well, we'll have to wait and see. But I feel like she's gonna ask somebody to find her behalf. Like you said, whether or not it be Caleb McKay or somebody else, who knows? Heck, it, she might go to Scott tomorrow and be like, give me Sammy Callahan. But again, would you do that match? I don't know. I wish. It's a, it's a fun dynamic to yeah. figure about. I wish. And I'm or if, more opportunities. Yes. Or if Alicia Edwards will hit another quote that kind of like very intrigued to Tenille Dashwood, like with those quotes, you know, Tenille did say that she she is a positive person and she and she's always a go-getter. So go. why not have Kayla with the K do the work for her to beat Sammy? So we'll see get, about get, get, get Alicia and Tanil on the same page. So that way she can focus. Let me take care of business. Yeah, <laughs> and then Kayla with the K will be like, what the hell? Like, oh, shot. So I think this is probably going to better happen. But we'll, but we'll see what's going on. Like, maybe on the next episode, Impact Wrestling, the go-home edition before final resolution. But who knows? Anyway, you also you have is a next match. Johnny Swinger versus Cody Deaners with cousin oh. Jake Deaner. So pretty much I thought this is like case closed match, like what the hell? But nope. During the match, out comes Eric Young and Joe Dury. Typical beatdown from both guys, you know, and then afterwards, EY cut a promo saying that he sees himself and he sees Joe. The sickness is everywhere. The world doesn't belong to you it belongs to us so it's just kind of like the same spiel that he he like cut since joe jury debut your thoughts well that's eric young in a nutshell but hey these two they're just running roughshod scott demora can't control these two madmen and eric young has a madman doing his work for him he keeps living by the same quote every day this world doesn't belong to them. It belongs to us. You figured he was just talking to himself. Well, now he's talking on behalf of himself and Joe. Uh, I had to think that this match with Swinger and uh, one of the Dinas had to lead to something. I was like, okay, wait, what, what's this about? Because I fought case closed. And then I see this out. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. But, hey, it led to something bigger that I'm now much more curious about. That's all right, which we're actually going to go talk about it um, right now because I know the one afterwards are going to be tying into, like, matchful. Let's go ahead and talk about it right now. So so after that one segment, we'll get into that. It was between Cody and Jake Diener as they're really upset about what EY and Jury Jury did. I know did I know Cody Diener did call EY a curtain jerker and stated that it isn't about – it's a bit – it isn't about we, it's me personally. And the reason why, because, like, he has past history with EY when Cody Dieter was first time in Impact Wrestling years ago, and EY was the one that helped him carry along the way, not only as a coach, a trainer, but as a friend as well. So this is pretty much, like, a developing storyline in the making between EY and Cody Dieter. So and pretty much, like, both parts are going to get involved along the line, too. And... I think this is like it. Like this is like a next storyline for the Deaners. Instead of like this whole Russell House crap that have been involving, but more of like more of a opportunity for the story. Your thoughts? Absolutely agree. I mean, this is the first time I've really taken Cody Deaner now seriously. Mm -hmm. He really feels like now this is personal because his former friend believes he's nothing. Well, he's gonna prove 
on his own that he is not nothing. He is a somebody. He is something. I'm actually really looking forward to this match and where this goes. Me too. Like whether it was for, oh yeah, on Impact Wrestling TV, maybe it continue on to Final Resolution. Who knows? All right, you guys. With Joe there. That's right. All right, guys. So you have another backstage segment right before that backstage thing we talked about. So Deanna Prazo and Kimberly, they ran into father James Mitchell. So Deanna asked if he done it and Kimberly said, you know, change from Sue to Susie. So father James Mitchell said he did not change Sue, but he has a plan. Plan that is probably going to be something to bring back Sue Young. So Deanna they told him they'll meet him in the ring and just be ready. So right outside, right in the ring, you have Deanna Praza come out with Kimberly. Uh, she's been haunting since Bound for Glory, and her time is come. So she called out Sue Young for a rematch right now, just as a trick. So Sue Young did came out as Deanna and Kimberly did did. Um, roll out of the ring while Sue was in the middle. And lo and behold, music hits. Here comes Father James Mitchell. And he kind of promised that he really don't want to do this and how she has been a pain in his thorn and say that he will, she will pay for her sin for whatever Sue Young actually did to Father James Mitchell like last year. But this whole situation with like Rosemary and Havoc and stuff like that, I know that Father James Mitchell is holding a grudge. So creepy music and out comes the undead bride surrounding Sue Young, which by the way, I'm going to make a disclaimer. So if you see some of the female independent wrestling star posting backstage pictures, like Kenzie Page, of course. Yeah, she's one of the undead bride, y'all. But you're going to be seeing some of the female independent wrestling star on the Impact Plus exclusive of Explosion, which is kind of like AEW Dark and WWE main event, their second show. That's right. So, yep, the undead brides came, surrounded Sue Young. And that's where Deanna Prazo made the attack as her and Kimberly began to start attacking attacking Sue Young until, like, Kimberly, until Deanna Prazo actually did a counter um, to Sue Young's red mist. She actually choked her, which actually made her, like, her blood, like, spew it out of Sue Young's mouth, which of course is like, ouch. And then that's where Deanna Praza took the advantage to do the cost, the Costa Nostra and thus the undead bride took the conscious Sue Young away. As the undead bride carried Sue Young, Father James Mitchell walk out as Deanna Praza and Kimberly was smiling and all happy. Your thoughts, Noah, on this creepy situation? Don't make a deal with the devil or you're going to get burned. It's not the first time that someone made a deal with Farage Jane Mitchell and think everything looks bright on the other side. And it turns out to be even darker. Something worse is yet to come to challenge Deanna Perazzo and make Kimberly's life live in hell. If not, maybe Kimberly will become a sacrifice. This is far from over, in my opinion. A very odd angle. And the gosh, style powder, as you said, that uh, Deanna Perazzo pulled out for the second time, I thought was uh, very impressive. At this point, I'm just wondering, where do we go from here? Something tells me, though, Deanna Perazzo knows that there's still an uncertainty that is going to be following her until she knows once and for all, Sue Young is gone and only Susie exists. I don't think this is over. I think something worse is yet to come. 
I agree. And especially something's going to be bad happening for Diana and Kimberly, especially a, you know, anything endless possibility for this concrete storyline. But for now, we're just going to leave it at that. Very much. Yes. Anyway, Noah, so we have as a backstage segment with Chris Bay getting ready for his match against Willie Mack until out comes Moose confronting Chris Bay regarding Rich Swong. You know, and Chris Bay, you know, being the usual finesse he is, he's just focusing on getting that world uh, heavyweight title. But Moose said the usual, he usually say his usual narrative speech, like, you know, about the whole, like, showing Rich Wong the pain and stuff like that. And he told him that he doesn't see the finesse I hurt. And he said whenever Chris wins the title, he will take it away from Chris. And he actually wish him luck. So, yeah, Moose to continue the controlling narrative, Noah. You've been warned. Moose exactly. is going to prove again why he is Mr. Impact Wrestling, why his title is the title you should worry about. But if you want to go for this era title, then yeah, I'll just take that from you. You've been warned. You better deliver on not your finesse, but pain, because pain around here makes a statement. Good luck. I'll be watching. Exactly. Nothing more said than that. Moose basically endorsing, but also warning the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shot call. Anyway, then you have his backstage segment with Jim Miller interviewing Carl Anderson. And yes, he has been confirmed. He accepted the match. So mm-hmm. we're going to get Ethan Page versus Carl Anderson at Final Resolution. That's the second match has been announced because the first match announced Final Resolution is... Chris Bay versus the current Impact World Champion, Rich Swan for the title. So those are the two matches that have been confirmed for final resolution. So pretty interesting to say at least. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're moving on to the X Division title match, which you have the current champ, Rahit Raju versus Crazy Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, this match was pretty interesting especially with crazy see we've seen his more of an in-ring work now instead of him being involved with like the different hokey segment with russell house i mean he does show his size show pretty much more counters more strikes of course especially rohit rojo with like his more egotistical like mindset of it so yeah crazy steve with the modified ddt and then cross body for the two counts and then he did try to do the crucifix bomb but rojo did counter with the roll-up and using both legs for leverage while the rivals just busy, like, counting counting off. And thus, Rohit Raju retained the title. Your thoughts on this? I didn't see Rohit Raju losing the title to Crazy Steve. With all due respect to Crazy Steve. Nice spot, by the way, where he freaked out Rohit with the weird rise that Rosemary does. He's bent backwards like that. Uh, strong effort, though, considering we don't see a lot of this from Crazy Steve and Impact Wrestling, considering what he's been uh, involved in lately. And Rohit Raju. You can't argue with the guy. He's the chairman, and he does what he has to to win and keep the title. He took advantage of opportunity, and he's still the champion. Who can take the title from him at this point? I don't know. But a good show by Crazy Steve, and I don't think he should be someone that should be sleeped on. Exactly. So, yeah. And then, of course, I'm going to go skip you to these segments. So, yeah, Crazy Steve and TJP um, talking about, like, you know, Crazy Steve's match until Brian Mars came by and, of course, gloat, as always, they told you it's a bad idea. And so, thus, TJP did try to defend Crazy Steve from Brian Myers. So, pretty much, it's like a feud has been set up between TJP and Brian Myers. Your thoughts? 
He's a freelancer. He wrestles all over the place, and it's been noted by both Impact and NJPW. So uh, he's got another mutual uh, feud right now because he can't challenge the next division title till uh, he does what Scott says. Should be a nice filler as he takes on the most professional wrestler, which, of course, is CJP winning. Exactly. And now the segment before that, we have this backstage segment between Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles as they're like talking about how they're going to spend their stolen lot of cash until Fall of Ba came by and say, Gucci. And so Kira Hogan is like, yeah, Gucci. And he said, we're not Gucci. And so he accused both ladies of stealing the money. And of course, if you're watching it on YouTube, Noah is holding lot of cash like, Noah, how much money do you have on your hand? Jesus. Okay, digress on it. So pretty much, like, he said he found out, he saw the evidence via Twitter, and he shared and retweeted. <laughs> ah, the power of social media, y'all. So Kira Hogan did lie to Paula Bob, which they, I know that Kira and Tasha Zero were having their hands back, and, like, they passed it back and forth while Paula Bob was, like, looking at it. And so Kira Hogan did make a promise to follow about that. They'll get the money by next week, you know, until Johnny Swinger came by and doing his usual Swinger is a miss. Yeah. Out of nowhere. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the segment is unnecessary to have Johnny Swinger in it. Um, your thoughts on it, Noah? The Giant Swinger fan was unnecessary. How does Hernandez not know where his money is? And how has Kiera and Tasha not spent the dang money? How much money are we talking about here? How hard is it to get rid of this money? Let alone keep it. Bye, you're a fool if you didn't know it was behind their backs, okay? This is literally just a gag reel, it feels like. It's almost as valuable as a cheap title, it seems. It amused me, but I feel like Tasha steals Kiera Hogan. They're going to get found out. And I'm sure the money will be lost to somebody else and follow Bob will suffer for it eventually at the hands of Hernandez. The Giant Swinger thing, I have no idea why that even happened. Exactly. Like, I don't know. But anyway, let's move on to the main event match. You have is Willie Mack versus Chris Bay. So there is more promotion for Super Jacob during commentary, you know, mm-hmm. that Chris Bay and TJP is going to be involved with, which I'm looking forward to it next Saturday, y'all. Anyway, so pretty much this match was a pretty impressive high-flying action with a couple of, like, punches and stunners and two, like, counters and offenses, too. It was kind of like a pretty interesting match. Nothing memorable to it. And then at the end, you have, yeah, Willie Mag did the, did the stunner, and thus he picked up the victory. But, yeah, afterwards, Moose came by and speared the hell out of Willie Mag. And oh, then man. Came and trying to make the save until Chris Bay did attack Chris Wong with the Art of Finesse finisher and he stand tall and hold the title. And thus that ends Impact Wrestling. So, your thoughts on the main event match? Good match. Good win for Mac. Didn't see the win for Mac coming, to be honest with you. But Bay, at the end of the day, he holds the biggest statement come the conclusion of the show, holding the title as he's over the now down champion. As Moose looks from afar, as Moose pretty much. He made all of this happen. He put in his pain. He put in that word to Bay. And at the end of the day, Bay capitalized on everything here. And I think, honestly, this is just going to come down to one of two things. Moose versus Bay versus Swan for the title or Moose versus Swan for that title. Because if Bay does win the title, it'd be a very interesting dynamic to have heel versus heel for a title versus a cheap title. 
But overall, the concluding uh, spot for Impact, I thought was a very interesting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Way of uh, suspense and disbelief. Oh, indeed. And it's something that like, we're going to be seeing like a long run too, especially with Chris Bay being a heel. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be something pretty interesting to it too, but I'm actually looking forward to see what's going to be come to play at final resolution exclusive on impact plus or like the goal edition. Who knows? But we got the go home edition before that. And we got a ton to look forward to on that go home. Exactly. So all in all, I'm okay, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> so the episode of Impact Wrestling was pretty solid. Uh, memorable moments of it, too. And, of course, still the never-ending story of that whole, like, accusation situation. But, anyway, next week is going to be pretty quite interesting, don't you think, Noah? But we're just going to save that for later. So far, this show, pretty interesting. I'm giving it a one-and-a-half thumbs up. I enjoyed it a lot, especially a lot of memorable moments, especially the women's match was, you know, pretty stupid. The exhibition match, I was very blown away, especially Crazy Steve's performance. And we have more storyline that is already in development, which I'm so excited. And your thoughts on the whole show, your ratings, whatever? The Giant Swinger stuff is absolutely unnecessary. Besides that, I really enjoyed this show. Like you said, there's a lot of moving story components now, not just in title pictures as well. There's a lot of stuff I'm wondering, okay, what's going to happen next? And I absolutely love Killer Kelly and Jordan Grace's clash during that knockouts tag match. That alone was my favorite uh, bit of the show. And again, I want a singles from that. It's one and a half for me as well. Awesome. Well, you guys, that's it for Impact Wrestling. We're going to go on to the main event of the recap and results show. It's going down, Dynamite. It's going down. That's right. AEW yeah. Dynamite. Winter is coming. Just took place on Wednesday, December 2nd. Oh, my God. My first ever AEW results and recap for the show, you guys. Besides the, you know, the recap of, like, you know, the pay-per-view recap, I was feature with Philip and Brandon, but I digress. Hey. So anyway, you guys, <laughs> so it took place the usual Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was cold as hell. You see, a lot of people are wearing sweaters and mm-hmm. scarves in winter gear. Of course, winter is coming, you guys, and of course, your Australia is wearing a comfy sweater, and Noah's wearing his, of course, navy um, suits. That's usual. If you're watching it on YouTube channel, that's <laughs> Alrighty, so for the opening of the match, you have it's the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, you guys. And I must say, it was a pretty fun um, rumble. However, there's been a lot of, like, you know, storylines from, like, each of the contenders. Okay, first things first. The first person that got eliminated was none other than Serpentico, which I'm not surprised, of course. But then you saw, like, a couple face-off, like, Orange Cassidy with, like, Kip Sabian and Miro. And you saw the part where, like, both guys actually like push Cassidy underneath the ring, not over. And of course they were like still like, you know, attacking him for what Miro got eliminated, of course. And of course the face off between Sean Spears and Scorpio sky to it. Of course, Sean Spears got eliminated until Tolly Blencher, who was in the bleachers run by to give like a slug to Sean Spear to put it in that one glove and that's where he strike Scorpio Sky like while he was like so in the ring and stuff and of course did he I think he got eliminated by Warlow I believe correct 
Okay, I'm, okay, cool, cool. Got caught on the robes after uh, Spears basically used the power of the glove to rearrange Scorpio Sky's spine. That's right. That's right. And then you saw Hangman Page, you know, got the assistant from the Dark Order. And plus, he, when he got eliminated, he walked off with the Dark Order. So I was pretty impressed with this whole matchup altogether. And then for the final four, you have is Warlow, MJF, Jungle Boy, and Orange Cassidy. You know, even Orange Cassidy was outside the ring, but it was like a final three. So Jungle Boy, props to him. He stood up, totally trying to battle that, but of course he got eliminated by Warlow. And MJF was gloating, saying, we did it! We did it! To Orange Cassidy came by, and then he started attacking both MJF and Warlow, and thus MJF eliminating Warlow. And of course, we got a matchup. The Korean um, Dynamite Diamond Ring Holder MJF versus... Orange Cassidy for next week's episode of Dynamite. Your thoughts on this impressive opening of the match? I like it. I thought it was really fun. I also thought it was really cool how they had all the competitors on the outside of the ring opposite sides, and then as soon as the bell rings, they all just come in and beat the hell out of each other. Very interesting spots when you think about a Heyman and Page is going to join the Dark Order, especially when the Dark Order inadvertently helped him after their boy, John Silver, got eliminated. He was one of my picks. Dang it. And then, of course, Orange Cassidy, who takes care of kids saving, and Miro's just furious that he take out Orange Cassidy. Not the appropriate way, though, but just destroy him. Miro runs roughshod. There was a great spot where Miro and Warlow, give me singles with those two, had a great clash with each other. Of course, Spears and uh, Sky, they continue their feud as Sky continues to be called a thief in a way by Spears. Spears gives a little bit of retribution. Yeah, sorry for that word. Uh, at the end, though, when it came down to Sammy, Jungle Boy, Wardlow, and MJF, as mostly MJF and Wardlow were just kind of uh, in the corner. And even before, there was a little promo bit where MJF's like, if I lose, this ring to Sammy or Wardlow, I'll be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, full of crap. Uh, anyway, Sammy and Jungle Boy, a hell of an exchange on the apron where they literally were finding each other to try and flip or knock each other off. At the end of the day, they both got caught on the top of a turnbuckle, like you said, and Wardlow took them both out as MJF was gloating. But again, everyone forgot about Orange Cassidy, who somehow fights his way, actually tries, and MJF and Warlow have a miscommunication. Warlow gets eliminated. There's our match for next week. What the hell is MJF going to do with a ring worth over $50,000 if he wins? But bottom line, I enjoyed this battle right now. There were some great moments, and there's some suspension of disbelief to pick about, too. That's right. And so it's anything that goes in its endless possibility. And I wanted to point out real quick, of course, as I mentioned, this is the match where Jim Ross actually – acknowledge the tribute to the recent passing of Pat Patterson. So they did talk about it briefly of Pat Patterson's career, which it is very nice for AEW to acknowledge, you know, the legacy Pat Patterson has been going on. Everybody respects Pat Patterson. You don't have to be with WWE, even though JR is connected with WWE, but everyone respects Pat Patterson. That's right. All righty, y'all. So let's go ahead and move on to the next match you have. It's the first ever match in history, Frank Kazarian versus Chris Jericho. So pretty much Chris Jericho coming out with the usual um, inner circle, Jake Hager, and of course, is it Santana or Ortiz? Because It was Ortiz. Santana was Yeah, Santana's not there. not there. I was like, what happened? I hope he's okay, though. I mean, I know people are, like, pretty having concerns. Let's just say that, y'all. Anyway, so... This match was actually pretty fun, especially how both these guys did lock up. So you got, like, Chris Jericho with the Coatbreaker, and then Frank Kazarian did um, 
did counter, but then Chris Jericho did the walls of Jericho. Interesting. And of course, like a lot of back and forth action, a lot of offenses going on, a lot of like striking. And then you saw Ortiz was in the apron and tried to distract Frank Kazarian, but Frank Kazarian did not let go of the hole from it too. So I know it's like a lot of like back and forth until you have MJF and Warlow coming out with a towel and then out comes Sammy Guevara was running out and grabbed the towel because he thought that it was kind of like a mastermind for Jericho to throw it into towel or something like that. I don't know what's going on. And so Jericho saw what's going on. Sammy has the tower, and that's where Frank Kazari took the advantage to roll him up. But of course, Chris Jericho kicked out for a two counts. And of course, at the end, Le Champion did the Judas defect, and thus Chris Jericho pick up the victory, of course, in a really good match. Afterwards, Chris Jericho had enough with this BS from the inner circle where everybody's not getting along with. So Chris Jericho made the announcement that next week's on Dynamite, he will be giving an inner circle the ultimatum, of course. They have seven days to say if they're going to work together as a team or the inner circle will be breaking up forever yeah your thoughts noah really good match for a first time ever single between kasarian and chris jericho kasarian pulling out the plus capacitor too both these men really dug deep in their arsenal not dumb babyface syndrome by the way by kasarian either as he simply pulls the man back into the ring more to prevent the break and prevent the interference he basically was a one-man wrecking crew taking on the inner circle on the outside after jake here missed multiple clotheslines though he did hit him uh, eventually and I thought Sam looked very strong here. I found it interesting how MJF was trying to throw the towel in, looking at his concern for his friend. But then Sam McSam was like, what are you doing, man? And that gives a little bit of a false confidence kind of now between Sammy and Jericho as Sammy's trying to explain his disposition. But Jericho wanted none of it. Almost cost him the match, too, inadvertently. But somehow Jericho, and whether you like it or not, he did do it for it clean. He got him a roll-up, and that Jews effect. It dropped Kazan where he stood. I thought Kazan was going to win due to all these components. When you figure out the inner circle is more too much. I figure about quantity over quality. You figure about all these movement parts. Is it all just falling, collapsing into each other? And we saw that at the end as Jericho, uh, by the way, non-censored. He said, tired of this BS, like you said, and this is an ultimatum. So since episode one, this has been the foundation of AEW. They've run roughshod. They've given us incredible moments to remember both in and out of the ring and incredible vignettes too. Is this where the inner circle finally breaks up? I don't know. But I'm going to hold that suspension of disbelief until next week. Because, again, I think about Sammy versus MJF happening, Warlow versus Hager happening. I feel like there's more to build to those matches, keeping the inner circle together. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. Really good match, though. Indeed. It was a really solid match. We'll see what's going to happen next week, especially the ultimatum. Looking forward to it. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so you have his backstage segment with Alex Marvaz interviewing the Young Bucks, the current new AEW World Tag Team Champion. I'll stay talking about that. They are, let's just say, the total package of the tag team division, of course. Mm -hmm. And they are the fighting champion until out of nowhere, the acclaim. Max <laughs> Catherine and Anthony. <laughs> I love saying the acclaim. Like, because of their theme entrance, it's like kind of like bumping my head. So Max Caster started to drop the beat where he kind of freestyle about the Young Bucks' 
private parts and like some some weird beatbox way to it. I was like, oh god, so cheesy and yet highly appropriate, but it's friendly <laughs> as hell. But anyway, and once he done dropping the beat, here comes TH2 attacking the Bucks. And I'm glad TH2 is getting more TV time on Dynamite. Like I said on Twitter, they're the underrated tag team, and finally they got the opportunity. So yeah, what are your thoughts on this segment, Noah? Yo, yo, yo. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, God, the acclaimed. I'm like, seriously, these guys are trying to make their way and fame at the expense of the Young Bucks name. Give me a break. Uh, this was entertaining, but again, dark giving opportunities to independent talent. As the acclaimed, now signed with AEW, are getting their first opportunity very soon, it seems. On Dynamite, and it looks like it might be against Top Flight, who of course came on the Young Bucks behalf to uh, try and help them, I believe. Or was it? No, 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 it was SCU. Apologies, botch. I thought it was very interesting. It continues this feud of the eventual match, maybe to come for titles, as TH2 try to state their claim why they deserve to be AEW Tag Team Champions. They have been an undersight, I feel like, for oversight for AEW for quite a while now, and I'm glad to see they're finally getting that showcase, that spotlight to stand out. It's finally showing more tag teams and different dynamics than all the typical names people know from the WWE or from being the elite. So I'm looking forward where this feud goes, but the acclaim being involved in this, now looks like they might feud at SCU. That's a whole different interesting wrinkle to this for me. Exactly. So that's going to be interesting how those tag teams are going to be played out, especially, you know, AEW's tag team division is stronger than ever. Yeah, and it goes across both Dark and Dynamite. Exactly. Anyway, y'all, let's move ahead to the next match right here. You have is Dr. Britt Baker, D, MD, versus Legit Leah Hirsch. Finally, a women's match that starts at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you guys. So no more 6.30 BS um, match before the main event and all that. So I'm glad they... Final listen. So overall, this match itself, it was fun, except for the fact that Tony Schiavone did um did say, What a bitch. Yeah. Hey, he's gotta endorse his friend, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this match is a it was a pretty much a fun match. I really enjoyed every minute of it too, especially Brit Great Baker did the DDT to turn the office monumentum. And then of course you have uh, legit Layla Hirsch did actually dive to Flora, but she she actually misses Britt Baker, but she actually take out on Rebel. And then, of course, Baker with the sling blade on the floor to Layla Hirsch, followed by a couple shots, you know, from back and forth going on. Britt Baker with the suplex, but uh, Layla Hirsch reverse it and blast Baker with the kick before taking her down again for the cross arm breaker. So it has been a lot of counters, a lot of defensive for it too. And so at the end, of course, uh, Bray Baker followed up with the twisting net breaker. And then she did the second attempt for the lockjaw. And thus, Dr. Britt Baker picked up the victory. However, after the match, like when she got a victory, here comes Thunder Rosa coming out and attacked the living hell out of Britt Baker, that's right. And so while she was attacking Britt, that's where Reba, slash, well, Rebel, not Reba, got <laughs> and attacked Rosa. And that's where um, legit Layla Hirsch um, did grab Rebel from behind with the suplex. And oh, man. More 
um, brawling out between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. They had to bring in the coaches and security and the agent agent to separate the two, of course. And you heard the fans actually chanted, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> right before they move on to the next one. It was so funny, like, the, the aftermath. I'm glad they're actually starting with a feud between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa itself. And, like, well, regarding with Layla and freaking Rebel, we're probably going to see it on – AEW Dark. I don't know. Your thoughts on this match and everything. This is like, why? This is what I've wanted for the longest time. Bring a stronger showcase to women's wrestling, to women's division. I loved this match. First off, legit Layla Hirsch. Everything her name claims to be. Again, there's a reason why I've been supporting her since Josh Burnett of uh, Bloodsport. She really took Britt Baker to the limit. Really tested the doctor. Multiple counters for counters. Took out Reba inadvertently. Showed her strong Absolutely. style with some super kicks. Great technical style. In the end, though, Britt Baker surprised me, too. I mean, a sling blade? I don't remember the last time she actually did that. Pulled out the swing and Netflix combination. Finally got the lockjaw, immediate tap out for the sake of legit Layla Hurst's jaw. Don't blame her. And at the end of the day, I fought... Layla looks very strong here. She really has been making a strong impact on Dynamite. Hope they keep using her. The aftermath, though, not a moment to breathe Britt Baker had as Thunder Rosa came out like a bat out of hell attacking her. And then Reba, of course, acting like how she does. I love her character. She tries to get someone upsmanship for the doctor, tries to get in front of Rosa's face. They try to restrain her. All the rest come out from coffee break. And then Layla, out of nowhere, just suplexes Reba. I love that moment. And then, like you said, the coaches came out, and even Jared's like, somebody gets somebody out here to restrain them. Restrain them, for God's sake. They can't hold these two back. I like how Aubrey was holding Fundarella back. We can only imagine what Aubrey thinks of this whole thing, too. All of this just seemed wonderful. I love this dynamic right now of Reba, Layla Hirsch, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. I can see tag team matters. I can see a match, like you said, for Dark. Because at the end of the day, we know what the end game is. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, they're going to duke it out. I loved it. Me too. And I'm looking forward to what's going to be happening next, especially the women's division is actually slowly, like, in fruition, like, more women getting the opportunity. Yeah, it's slowly maturing, and we definitely see it more on Dark. I'm just waiting for them to sign Kylie King, for example. But I've been impressed with uh, Genocide, Lady Frost. I've seen Vipress, Dream Girl. There have been so many prospects that could hold so much promise for the wrestling industry, not just AEW, but I would love to see several of these uh, women involved more on AEW. And Layla Hurst, I think she's just the star of it. Loved it. Exactly. Looking forward to it. Alrighty, so next up we have is a tag team match between the current TNT champion, Darby Allen, and Cody Rhodes versus representing Team Taz, Ricky Stark, and powerhouse Will Hobbs. We're Thank actually going to be saying... Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Will Hobbs. We're going to say Powerhouse Will Hobbs, not just Powerhouse Hobbs. He will still be Will Hobbs. I'm just saying, y'all. He has no <laughs> glasses on, folks, and that's just in general. <laughs> exactly, y'all. Anyway, so this match was pretty interesting and pretty much fun. Altogether, we got more of a offensive move set to it. So you saw a lot, a lot of, like, heavy-hitting action from Will Hobbs, of course. Lord. with like a couple of fence, some offenses of course so you saw Hobbs in a bear hug and then he actually manhandled freaking Darby Allen and then shakes him side to side like a kind of like kind of like a rag doll like Jesus Christ it's like so brutal to say at least oh. but at least like at least Darby Allen did um, backflip out an attempt move from Will Hobbs and then of course 
Ricky Star did back to back to tag Cody Rhodes. So it's a lot of like more of like a back and forth action, especially showing the honor mass study together. So at the end, um, Darby Allen hit uh, Ricky Star with the coffin drop, and thus Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen did pick up the victory. After the match, you know, Will Hobbs, still pissed and ruthless as ever, of course, um, starting to attack. Tag Darby Allen right away, and of course, a lot of like Harvey hitting until he saw Art Anderson got involved, and then Will Hobbs kind of like face to face, or he kind of like pushed him off, and then Dustin Rowe came by trying to make a save. But then you have Brian Cage in the ring and attack them, so a lot of like you know, team Taz being stronger than ever, especially they were ganging up on Cody as soon as they were about to do something, y'all. Lights goes out. Music. Graphics. Y'all, you guys. And I say y'all. The icon, Sting, made his AEW debut. Holy crap, y'all. Sting came out, entered the ring, approaches Art Anderson, even though Arn was kind of in shock mode and disbelief, he turns over, walk over to some of the team task member, and of course, he locked eyes to Cody with no emotion, and then he walks over to Darby, gives him some compliment face to face, especially the camera shots. That's right, Sting with the icon howl, and he picks the baseball bat couple of house and then he walked away holy crap your thoughts okay let's go ahead and start with the match first because darby allen got turned inside out upside down by powerhouse will hobbs with that clothes on the outside it was at the mercy of will hobbs most of this match while taz of course was on the outside ricky starts just you know relaxing on the apron cody of course gets the hot tag the match finally goes into the uh Nightmare size favorite. I'm gonna just call it that. As Arn Anderson's also on the outside as well. Cody with Batorpe Suicida taking up with Hobbs just long enough for Darby Allen, as you said, to hit the coffin down Ricky Stocks. Really great match. As this continued war now, it seems, as I said, war is here. Uh, with Team Taz and Nightmare Family uh, develops also with the TNT title, also in the sights of one machine, Brian Cage, and I'm sure Team Taz as well. As Brian Cage finally shows up after the match. And fights on Team Taz's behalf to get the better of Cody, Darby, and company. For, like you said, Dustin to come out after Arn. Arn, good grief, man. Don't do not do that. I know you got turned. I know you're being forced, but man, dude, come on. I mean, I'm not saying he's old, but dude, he, he shouldn't be like that, okay? And then literally we were like, okay, they're going to hit with the FCW tile. The lights go out. And then we see more of this winter background develop, this subtle music. And then we see like this snowy effect in the arena. And then I see like a bird, I think, for a moment. And we're just ascending over a forest. Lightning strikes, screen goes up. I see it in a unique font. I see the word. I don't believe it. I hear Tony says, it's Sting! And I fucking marked my ass out as he literally was right there. And everybody galore, especially the audience, or the fans of the Green Side Special, you saw people jumping out of the seats. I've watched that clip like 50 times now, uh, give or take at least. I blasted my Twitter with so much hype for Sting. I don't know if it even works anymore. And, and literally, he comes out, he pulls the bat out, and Team Taz can't believe it. They get the hell out of Dodge. 
as he slowly gets into the ring and looks at Arn Anderson, who's like, and these two are former rivalries. Of course, Sting haven't been on TNT since 2001, to slowly put, uh, since that final match with Ric Flair back in uh, March. And then he just sits down, looks at Cody for a little bit. Then he goes to Dustin, looks at him. And then just that moment, Darby Allen, I don't know what he was, angry or shocked or just trying to hold face or what. We just see this unique stare down with him and Sting. And I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. Put these two together, please. And then, of course, like you said, we got the two iconic house. And he walks away. JR says, seeing this man makes me feel young again. And Tony, I feel like, was having a out-of-body experience. And this is the most happy energetic I've heard Tony Schiavone since being part of AEW. Greatest moment ever in AEW. Did not see that coming. Now I know what they meant by winter is coming. There was a theme behind the whole time. And it wasn't about the match you're about to talk about. Freaking Sting is all linked. Yes, dude. Like... I was still, like, shocked to this day. Like, on the next day, I couldn't even stop thinking about what just happened with that particular moment. Like, Me neither. Neither could James. Neither could anybody in Team All anybody. Neither could anybody in other chats I was with. And I'm still talking about it with you and others. I know. And even though there's a brief rumor he, that Sting's going to be AEW, but it's, like, debunk it. But, like, I can't believe it is happening. Sting. Yeah, it's official. He set a record. His AEW merch, the hottest seller That's in 24 right. hours. Ever. Right. He's not on the person on the AEW personality section. He's on the active roster. Like, holy shit. That's sh- right. Dog. He's going to be a regular part of AEW. And they did and he's say gonna speak when it comes next to Bob, do this thing that's possible. But week. we're going to hear him speak. We're going to hear the freaking icon speak. And Tony's like, I cannot wait for that. I, I feel like Tony's face is going to interview him. And maybe he will. I mean, literally, the AEW time I post show title, it's Sting in all caps. Enough said. Exactly. You see how exciting me and Noah we talked over, y'all. Watching on YouTube. Sorry if you heard that. Yeah, sorry if you heard that. But that's how how excited we are as wrestling fans. Exactly. Holy hell. Exactly. We're so excited and we cannot wait, especially what he's gonna say next week. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on from that holy SHIT moment. Now, Alex Marvez interviewing Hikaru Shida about her thoughts about Abaddon, especially the whole title situation. So I know Hikarshia was very scared during the interview, but then she got distracted by a noise. And I thought like, oh crap, it's Abaddon. And so she says she can, she do the interview again, but Marvest told her she can't because it's live. So she kind of ensures that she's not afraid of Abaddon. However, Abaddon's going to make the appearance next week on Dynamite. Your thoughts, Noah? Ah, jeez. Freaking Abaddon's back. Psychological mm-hmm. warfare begins. You don't fear Abaddon. But Abaddon is definitely on your mind. You can tell she's rattled by this. She's been rattled by her ever since her debut match against her in AEW Dark, where she almost bit her hand off. And now Abaddon is literally going after the freaking title. This is going to be very interesting to see how this develops. As we look at the strongest fighter, professional wrestler on the AEW Women's roster, taking on the most unique and bizarre. Exactly. All right, and moving on, you have his John Moxley cutting a promo about his um, world title match against Kenny Omega, though, and he is ready because even though, like, he's letting up to tonight's and promise that winner's coming main event will be bananas without the S. And it obviously paid respect to the late Pat Patterson, which I'm glad he actually acknowledged it. So, mm-hmm, kudos to John Moxley for it. So, your thoughts? 
I thought it was very respectful that he mm-hmm. literally treated this AEW World Championship match as big as how the Intercontinental title was garnished by Pat Patterson. And I think that was very respectable. And again, he's harming up this match that has over a year in the making. A simple, confident promo with a little respect behind what this title stands for, too, in regards to a man's legacy with another title. I that's, that's right. And let's go to move on to the main event match. You could tell I'm so excited. Um, main event match for the AEW World Championship match. The current champ, John Moxley versus the cleaner, Kenny Omega. So you have Don Callis on commentary, which is like, holy crap, Don Callis. He did commentary for um, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page's match at Full Gear, of course, right. representing Impact Wrestling. So I'm excited. Excited. I'm so impressed. So blown away. Like, what's he doing here? So all in all, with the matches, it was a pretty good match. I feel their match from last year's was better than this this year to say at least that's my personal opinion because i know last year was kind of like hardcore almost death match and this is just your standard in-ring match so you have a lot of counter a lot of back and forth going on you're trying to have like finisher with a kick out you know and of course you have running leads to drop kick to the whole like the whole like situation with the knee bar more suplexes and you could see it's like a lot of people are like chanting that this is awesome chant during the whole matchup and of course john moxie with the drop cake omega with the ripcord big trigger and then trying to do the one ring and angel angel but of course kicked out for a two count so a lot of like having hitting action of course that's where that's where Kenny Omega did land the side of his head, head like outside of the ring. So bad after Moxley did the brutal paradigm shift off the ring apron. I was like, holy crap, this is so brutal. A paradigm shift off the apron causing Kenny Omega to land. And that's where the referee is like checking him on him. Then he has his like medical efficient just to check and see what's going on. And of course, like Moxley, he has no, he has no patience, you know. He put John Moxley back in the back in the ring after he pushes everybody out. And of course, yeah, John Callis all of a sudden left commentary to run to the apron just to like beg him to stop, to stop. And that's where, of course, you saw the microphone actually fall off from his hand, you know, after like he make a plea for Moxley to stop the match and stuff. So referee's not looking. He got distracted by Don Callis. And that's where Kenny Omega grab the microphone and hit moxley in the forehead causing him to bust open and so kenny omega did the v trigger not one but two but the third one and then he did the one winged angel and y'all kenny omega is your new aew world champion finally yes Oh my God! I did not expect it to happen because I remember on the press on the scene on Twitter of the media calls, like you know, Tony Khan just stated that like John Moxley's not going to compete at Russell Kingdom, of course, which is set like, shoot, Kenny Omega's going to lose the match, but no, Moxley lost the title, like holy crap! 
Noah, your thoughts, just the match itself. We're going to talk about the afterwards later. I am about to say, let's focus on the match first, just yeah. like you know, okay. Yes. Okay. Big, not even bigger. Yes. Really good match. I love the callback to their first tag match during a portion of it, too, where they literally were going at each other, move for move, in the exact same exchange back when uh, Omega and Paige took on Moxley and Pac. And literally, we got the same exact call. It's like, oh, there's the V-trigger. And then there's that freaking layout that turned inside out, upside down. There was some uh, hardcore wrestling um, after they went out in the um, stands for a, a little while. And uh, overall, I like the moment where the chairs were used more for a sit-down rebuild of will and strength among the two as they literally were forearming and slapping each other. V-Trigger's paradigm shifts galore. I fought Moxie, had him on like two or three different occasions as Omega tries to go for Warming Angel. Finally get Rise of the Terminator. He clears the ropes like nothing. Things finally go in Omega's favor for a little bit of the match. And then, like we said, he gets previously taken out on the outside of the ring, thrown into those industrial sites. Heaters, lands awkwardly. This causes a bit of uh-oh. And then literally, John Callis leaves commentary to go to the aid of his best friend, one of his best friends, in Kenny Omega, one of the best friends in the rest of the world, one of the best from Canada, his own turf. And literally, he's like, hey, if you stop this, you stop this. John I was like, oh, whatever, you just stay down. And literally pushes him down, his rows just fall apart. So he looks like he's passed out. And literally, the microphone inadvertently, he busts him in the head, and then Drops the knee down. Not one, not two, but three, but four. V-Trigger's completely one to the back of his spine. Ouch. As, of course, he was working on his back and his leg during this match. We had dragon screws and dragon sleepers galore. We had all classic cleaner stuff here. Finally puts out the one-legged angel. We got a new freaking AEW World Champion. Cam, that guy's finally done it. The age of John Moxley. First reign is over at 270-plus days. And I saw the live reaction of Renee Young on her Twitter as I was part of just watching along with her during that whole show. What a awesome match. I loved all the callbacks. I thought it really delivered. But it wasn't our biggest closing moment of the night. Now, I agree. Exactly. So right after the state, this closing moment, we'll talk about it brief. So you have Lance yeah, Eddie Kingston went on commentary calling out Lance Archer that he wants Archer now. Like, screw <laughs> next week, he wants it now. Right. Which is funny. But the big moment of all before that, but right now. So after the match, John Callis and Kenny Omega run away, and you can hear Tony Schiavone yell, Bullshit! <laughs> I know. I was like, "Wow, he is not having it, y'all." So uh, while they were what you call unscripted exactly, commentary. exactly. So while they ran away and when they hit to the parking lot, Alex Marvez did cut off to Don Callis, y'all. So Don, so Alex Marvez asked him what just happened, and so Don Callis said, "And I quote: Everybody will find out Tuesday." Alex Marvez said, Dynamite's on Wednesday. And Don Callis just say, you'll have to find out on Tuesday on Impact Wrestling, aired on Access TV. There you go. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Kenny Omega is going to make an appearance on next week's episode of Impact Wrestling, a.k.a. the go-home before Impact Plus exclusive of Final Resolution. This is the biggest moment of all, you guys. I know we have the icon staying, and then we have this. Twitter went all crazy, especially the Impact Wrestling star did tweet out fantasy matches, 
and called out other contenders. So it's the some of the AEW stars too. Wow, you guys, this is happening. Although for Impact a- versus AEW or Impact with AEW confirmed. Either one of those, you guys. Like I know there has been reports saying that it may be a one offer, but no, it may be happening, you guys. A partnership because I know with AEW they did partner up with oh. Oriental Wrestling Entertainment and AAA Wrestling, but of course, because of COVID restriction. So the only next best thing, of course, NWA, which I know they're kind of like going through like some situation, but Impact Wrestling, next best thing. Like, holy crap. I could even stop thinking about this all day the next day. Me neither. Yes. James almost had a heart attack. Shout out to Archangel James Hebert. Please follow FTW. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I even messaged Philip. Philip, holy crap. And he's very intrigued it, and he's going to plan on watching Impact Wrestling, which I hope he's going to make our appearance in the episode of Into the Stratosphere because I asked him and he'll let me know. Maybe, like I said, as you saw on the 200 episode of the Bullocast, maybe the Bullocast and Into the Stratosphere super show. There you go. Who knows? Because as someone who is part of the Bullocast, normally covers. Um, Impact Wrestling, for the most part, since the first episode of Into the Stratosphere. I can't believe it's happening, you guys. But I know, like, people are like, don't jump the gun. Don't. There is so many opportunities, so many endless possibilities. You never know what to expect. And yeah, let your mind wander. Imagine the possibilities. Yes, you guys. This is so insane, especially with AEW, who is with the, in the company for a year, and then Impact Wrestling has been going through so much struggles throughout this. So if they can work together with like the whole partnership, it is coming to fruition. And we're going to be seeing incredible matches, like, and especially helping out like with companies like AEW, their struggles is the women's division. Well, in impact, they have the strongest women division of all. And the men's tag team division struggling. AEW way bigger the top star struggling, you know, coming to full fruition, you guys. Of course, that's the name of the episode, the elite fruition. So yeah. Oh my God. Noah, your thoughts a little bit, because I don't want to, we cannot ramble as much because you know, don't want to make it a little. All right. All right. Let let me, let me, let me, let me keep it simple. I'm not going to fancy book tonight. Maybe I'll do that more on AEW spark. Definitely got to get you on in one of these days. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, this is an absolute incredible moment to figure about that could happen for us as wrestling fans, where two companies can come together in the most beautiful of partnerships, innovations, who knows, worlds collide, etc. You figure about the ambitions behind Impact Wrestling and the innovations that AEW has brought us as wrestling fans this year. Bring in all the best out of the old into the new. You figure about how much WCW and TNA influence is in the AEW product. Just from the set alone, we got the tunnels for Pete's sake, someone even said. And now we have the executive vice president of Impact Wrestling, Don Callis, telling us, literally tweeting it out officially from Impact Wrestling's Twitter, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, will be on Impact Wrestling. They are literally done with their tables, but they are literally bringing people back in towards this special episode of Impact Wrestling. So whether or not this is literally from Canada or from Nashville, you be the judge. But this is a huge, huge idea of opportunity and optimism for all of us as wrestling fans in a year full of so much negative 
controversy, exposure, corruption. This could be one of the biggest, brightest highlights of your life as a wrestling fan since maybe you saw companies merging together back in before 2000. You figure about how many companies that you did already has influence with that have brought you the showcase so far through All Elite Wrestling. Heck, Tony Khan even said he's working to work, willing to work with anybody. He's talking about Rocky Romero, so I would not count this out because people want this as well. Bottom line is this, the flexibility and the possibility of AEW with your favorite wrestling promotion is limitless. And right now it's starting with Impact Wrestling. Not to mention, Kenny Omega is still Triple A Mega Champion. He will be in Triple A as well. So and that is the AEW Championship represented across two different companies. Exactly. And let's not forget, Taya Valkyrie is the current Reina de Reina's champion, which is the That's right. champion of AAA Wrestling. Let's not forget about that. Shout out to Taya for making me, making me remember, like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot. <laughs> and then Father Rosa, of course, is still a champion in Japan as well. So there's those roots there, too. The bottom line is this. AEW is offering this possibility for wrestling fans to see all your favorite wrestlers and companies Work together. Exactly. So we're going to keep it short and simple because, you know, we don't want to go longer. All I can right. say is this is so exciting, you guys. Who knows? I'm excited next week for it. Can't come soon enough. I cannot, I cannot wait to record next week's episode into the and This is going to be great for an impact. This has got to increase their viewership, too. And I folks, know. If you don't have access to TV, I encourage you. It's simple. Twitch.com Twitch. or download Twitch on a mobile device. You don't even need an account. Look up Impact Wrestling's channel. If you want to see the future of professional wrestling, maybe, or you are a fan of AEW, or once was a fan of TNA Impact Wrestling, this is the ultimate opportunity for you. Do not pass this up. There you go, you guys. A quick way to watch from Impact Wrestling if you don't have access cable. So, yeah, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, all in all, I'm very looking forward. Who knows? I cannot wait to record next week's episode into the stratosphere. I can't wait to be a part Maybe (laughs) maybe I'll bring in, like, one of my Bullockhouse brethren, either Philip or Brandon, to be in the show and give their two cents on it. Who knows? I mean... I mean, I am the only one that's covering Impact Wrestling. I know in the click, they did start. I know Baby Huey, Richard, and Tommy who did cover Impact for brief. I guess they kind of stopped because they're like more focused on it's just mostly Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and also MLW, you know. But who knows? If Philip is watching. Yeah, and if Philip's watching Impact again, and probably him and he was going to talk about it in the click, I don't know. But like, anyway. I'm the only one that talks about Impact Wrestling here in the Bullockcast umbrella because it's my. Oh, show. I'm just an outside source, so I got you covered. You're from NoDQ.com, because which I'm still part of NoDQ.com, y'all, but more in the behind the scenes. So I had to bring in some of that um, only ones watching Impact Wrestling within the NoDQ.com circles. <laughs> Anyway, you guys. So with that being said, a quick thumbs up, thumbs out. I'm giving you a two thumbs up, no doubt about it. Yours. Yeah, I don't have to say anything else. This was the best episode of Dynamite today. This was beyond pay-per-view. This Very is groundbreaking. Memorable. Two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up, y'all. Period. The matches were good, you know. Um, Storyline is in development. Shocking moments, all that. Yeah, two thumbs up. Just saying. Enough said. With that being said, y'all, that is it for an episode of Into the Stratosphere. Comment down below your favorite moments. Hell, if you want to see a super show of the Bullet Cast and 
into the stratosphere come in one or anything particular. I mean, this is so freaking incredible. I mean, Bulletcast just launched 200 episodes and now like what's happening with AEW and Impact Wrestling. This is so exciting. So if you want to want to find Noah Foster, he's going to pull a plug right now. So where they can find you, Noah? Pleasure as always, my friend. Uh, folks, you want to find me? It's as simple as this. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Foster1916. The YouTube URL is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash no Foster210. There'll be upcoming content regarding NJPW and, of course, my little own uh, series I do called AW Spark, discussion of all things, all elite wrestling. That will be uh, up uh, tomorrow night. And you want to just tune in for some chatting or gaming, I have a Twitch now and Foster191625. It'll definitely be picking up uh, after uh, next week once things settle down and I get my Ubisoft fix on. As always, support NoDQ, support Independent that's the Harvard folks for all of us as fans. Stay safe, protect your loved ones, enjoy life, and I'll see you all around. Simple as that. All righty. And you guys, you know where to find me. Find me on Twitter and on Instagram and on my YouTube that is currently on hiatus at simply underscore C underscore OK. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore C underscore OK. And also make sure to follow the Bulletcast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. And like I said, comment down below your favorite moments and everything. And let's just interact, y'all. And also make sure to follow the Bulletcast on all podcasting platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor FM, um, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, Apple Podcasts, Patreon, y'all, and etc. and all the podcasting platforms. So with that being said, y'all, so just remember to please wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, practice social distancing. Wear your face mask at all time. No excuses because California, we're in a lockdown, guys, and it's no joke. All right, it's getting crazy AF with the numbers. And just remember, you guys, Please be kind of one another. We're all in this together. Until then, I'll see you in the next exciting episode of Into the Stratosphere. Cheers, y'all. Have a good night, folks. Get here soon, Tuesday.